So these are all film images that you've had digitised. Yeah, I scanned them. Oh, okay, so this is oh, these are more, these are more manageable. I can see they're titled Adelaide Road, Cambridge Ter Terrace, Rintoul Street. This is all in Wellington. Mm, yeah. When the, um, the, these are going. Park game. Yeah, yeah. Second test. This is this is the um, rally point um, at um, Kent Terrace with this um, policeman with his old the old school. style hat, hat uh, police helmet on, and this big big. Um, Blue jacket and all the and see this is the thing I'm shooting in colour slide so you can see the multi the colourful array yes. of everyone's and this guy this guy here is wearing a, a life jacket as a as a baton protector and um, because as the games went along through well, the country people became more and more armoured didn't they well I've got an interesting story about that um, um, right now here's um, Crowd. So there's a guy. People are wearing um, demolition hats. Oh, no, right. they're wearing they're motorbike helmets. Motorbike helmets. They're wearing motorbike helmets, and these guys. <clears throat> that's another picture. These guys here are a motorcycle fraternity in Wellington, and right. they watched the six o'clock news showing the protesters being battened and bludgeoned in the Christchurch first test, and they all get whipped up to their um, friends' workshop in Nio and constructed these shields those black shields, and they're all brown squads. So if you see any people wearing, bearing those shields around the place, they actually belong to brown squad, and brown squad was commanded by the late Tom Puata. Oh, yes. And, um, and on, the, on the shields they have placed sort of posters. One here says apartheid. There's a couple here that uh, bear um, big Xerox um, uh, uh, versions of press photographs of the riot squad and I think they have a quote from Adolf Hitler saying the streets are full of rioting students and communists mm -hmm. and we need law and order and this one, this shield here bears a, a, a graphic rendition of, a, of the centre extract of the photograph taken by the, the um, Durban Daily News Chief Photographer Laurie um, Bloomfield of the uh, Cato Manor riots in um, South Africa in 1959-60 and uh, this particular image has been used in uh, lots of uh, anti-apartheid posters through the decades in New Zealand and um, it was only relatively recently that uh, the um, professor at the Art History Department in Auckland informed me of the original source of this particular photograph. So this, this, this shield here connects back to South African police battening the Black, black Woman's March in Cato Manor, um, sort of what, 60, sort of about um, 20 years before the Springbok tour. Um, I think the South African High Commissioner is pretty interested in this connection. She'll be coming to the uh, opening. Um, here's, um, here's Gerard um, Dobson addressing his uh, folks. So you've got Brown Squad there. And over here you have one of the, what I call the alphabet shields, um, a um, plain an unpainted um, rectangular um, plywood shield with a large red letter T um, uh, spray painted on it. Obviously one of the Stop the Tour series where all the sh oh, shields, right. were, shields were right. lined up to spell Stop the slogan. The so you had an S shield, you had a T, an O and a P and the, the word the was written 
on one shield, and then you had T-O-U-R, and they were all spread across Kent and Cambridge Terrace at the beginning of the march, and so you had all these marches marching down the two terraces with these shields with this, they were mobile slogans and then, then you have the other brown squad shields with the with their posters here um, support the blacks of Azania and then you've got apartheid, hate spelt H-A-T-E um, uh, so Azania being the um, the name of uh, the, the African National Congress uh, called South Africa during the apartheid regime and uh, in this in this image here, you can see in the background, you can see Athletic Park and yes. all the rugby patrons packing the Millard stands, and then over in the distance, over the heads of the people in the foreground, you can see the the red squad. And blocking. that dairy still exists because it's yeah, not far from the laundromat. Oh, okay. And see that corner. That's Luxford Street. Yes, that's Luxford that's Street. Right. And um, Kerry Carr just lived up here. Oh. She was just up not far, right, yeah. almost opposite so, Athletic Park. Yeah, she was somewhere around this off the street. I remember oh, yes. visiting her once, and uh, so that's um, so that's Gerard with his megaphone. I'm Maria Rakraku, and I'm talking with John Miller in a darkened bedroom in a Ponsonby villa as we look at a computer screen of images from the 1981 Springbok tour. Okay, mm. this is like the almost the reverse of what we've just seen. We're further up the street here. You've got the main stand of Athletic Park here. Yes. You've got the Red Squad ranged across there holding their long batons and you have the two marshals of Pink Squad because we had Pink Squad as well. The, 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 there were about seven or eight different squads or sections um, the, 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 the official um, protest organisers called them sh sections um, terms interchangeable and this, they have these pink armbands on denoting that they belong they they are leading pink section uh, but brown squad. so this is really this was really organized oh, this was extremely organized you had you had um, you had chief marshal Alex Shaw in a, in a safe house in Newtown they had radio telephones they had maps on the walls pins um, they were disrupting police communications they were eavesdropping on police communications they were moving um, they were directing um, protesters to move to different parts of the streets surrounding Athletic Park with the aim of impeding the access of um, rugby patrons to the park and as a result the, 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 the stadium was only half full. There was less than half full um, from the reports of the press. Um, so, um, and this is this is the um, uh, this was before the, the, the Red Squad battened. Um, uh, there was a battening incident here um, so you have, have there's Red Squad. Oh my goodness, look at that. There's Jim's That's so dairy. intimidating. There's Jim's dairy. And, there's, and the dairy still exists. Yeah. And you've got <laughs> Red Squad. You can tell Red Squad. See the little um, red um, oh, yes. mark on their, on their shoulders on there. On their shiv lapels. And this is, this, this, the Red Squad was the elite um, um, uh, squad of the right squad of the police, travelled around everywhere that the Springboks went and drank in the pubs with them. So they sort of were embedded with the Springboks and were very sort of sympathetic with them. Um, OK, over here is um, a mixture of Pink Squad and Brown Squad. There's Gerard Dobson uh, and uh, these... I'm not sure who those folks are. Um, I, I haven't been able to identify them. Like some people are more covered up in their headgear, and well, others was that purposeful? Well, people were to making. Not be identified. Pe well, it was it was protection. People were having um, after <clears throat> after what happened in Molesworth Street on the was it the twenty 
the 22nd or the 25th of July. Anyway, it was the what night. What happened in Molesworth Street? It was the night that everyone was sitting in their tele, in their sitting rooms watching the royal wedding, Charles, Charles um, and Diana. And Diana. Um, the there was a march up to the South African consulate, processing up Molesworth Street that was stopped by the police and mercilessly battened into the ground. And, as a, and women and children, women and young women and women as well were beaten up. And um, um, as a result of that, plus the Christchurch test where people were battened, the, the, um, this is where you get the shields from. Um, and everyone was wearing everyone was wearing um, crash helmets after Molesworth Street. So Palmerston North, which I attended, everyone was pretty well everyone was wearing crash helmets. And they also had in body armour as well. <clears throat> John, you talk so vividly about this time, and yeah, we're well, talking how many years ago? Thirty-two. But you never how forget do you, this. How do you remember the detail? Oh, well, <laughs> you can't forget this stuff. It's it's it sort of burns into your memory. Um, Did this politicise you? Oh, I've been politicised. I've been. I photographed. I photographed the Tartan protests mm -hmm. in 1971. You know, and we were in the streets protesting against the Vietnam War in 1970. So this is sort of things have been going on for me for quite a while uh, when this came along. Were you I, the only photographer? No, there were lots of people. Do, there was a lot, a lot of people doing this. What um, I, I was living in in Auckland at the time. I was associated with a photographic laboratory slash art, uh, gallery called Real Pictures, and the folks there sent messages to the photographers all over the country saying, Springbok Tour is coming, get out and photograph it, send your prints up to our gallery, and we'll put them on the wall. So for six weeks you had this, this analogue version of Flickr. From a bedroom in Ponsonby, looking at a computer screen of photographic images taken by John Miller, to actually accompanying one of those protesters, Gerard Dobson, to the actual exhibition... Tour Scrums, where he features. So John talks about this incident where the um, coming down Rintoul Street, I think it was, yeah. and uh, Brown Squad or Pink Squad right. got caught in between two flanks of police. What happened with that in, in Rintoul Street, um, we were fronting um, Red Squad and we were taking the heat off the other squads and things, but Tom Puata had a cunning plan, um, which he passed on to me. I'm the blabbermouth at the front. Um, with the megaphone. With the megaphone, talking to Red Squad and that. And Ray Arpeni Mercer was with one of his squads, Orange Squad, I think it was. So the plan was that Brown Squad would melt back through Orange Squad and they'd go off the road off to their left and then go through the houses into Watapuri Street. And Watapuri Street was directly south of the park. And then go up the bank, over the fence. Very good plan. But, of course, a lot more Red Squad were hiding in the bushes. And then they came out and they battened them. And they battened them and they battened them down the end of Watapuri Street to Rintold Street, which was north of us. So the other cops there um, just melted back. It's like the Red Sea opening. And, and Tom and, and Brown Squad, battered Brown Squad, came back down. And then we went up to meet them, and then the cops waded in and, and just battened anybody. Did didn't you get attacked? No, I got buried under a whole lot of bodies, actually. It was, I just sort of got pushed over, so I came out of it unscathed. Um, 
but they they weren't battening brown squad with the gear. They were they were battening anybody anybody who had helmets or not. And it was just it was it was very bad. It was very ill disciplined by the police. Because at one stage there's a in report where he talks about how the thirty deep bodies. Well, they were all piled up on top of each other. Mm. They were all sort mm. of crushed, and I was one I was them. one of them under there. <laughs> but um, uh, but it was it was the um, probably the ones on the top that got battened. Um, and and that then must have been quite terrifying. Yeah, though. it was it was pretty hard, you know, being crushed and things. But I felt really, for, personally, I felt bad because I had to stay there and do the blabbermouth thing while my comrades went and got battened, you know, which wasn't very nice. But they, that's that's just the way it was going. But and then, as I said, Tom was there with his helmet off, with his visor off, with his mask off, and he had the loud hail. He was giving the cops heaps. And he was reminding them what it was all about. It was about fighting apartheid and justice in South Africa and things like that. And he was just giving them the, both barrels. It was, it was amazing. I maybe it sunk into some of these Red Squad people. I don't know. I really don't know. They probably went to their um, police uh, bar that night in Wellington and had a few, um, a few handles of beer and thought they'd done a good job. You know, I don't know. But. Um, they were just pawns for Muldoon and all the National Party people and, you know, that, that young Mr John Key who was probably a member of the National Party in Christchurch. So they, they, they were all guilty, whether they were Muldoon or as Cabinet Ministers or as toady little MPs or as toady little members of the National Party like John Key. You know, it was, it's, it's, the blood is on their hands as well. Not only Muldoons, but all those others who didn't have the guts to stand up to him and say, Muldoon, what you're doing is wrong. What you are doing is wrong against apartheid. For, um, you're supporting apartheid, and also what you're doing is wrong for the people of New Zealand. And um, um, Duncan McIntyre um, um, Mac may well have been the only one. I'm not sure. He was the Minister of Army Affairs. And he was a World War II veteran. Um, he was a, a real warrior, if you like. I don't know where Jim Bolger stood on it. I think later on Jim Bolger realised it was a mistake. But who knows what went on in that, in that cabinet discussion, you know. Who knows what went on in the National Party um, branch meetings and things, you know. Some of the young Nats were probably very brave. Some of the young Nats probably said, this is wrong, you know. Certainly the Labour people would have, you know, and social credit or whatever around at the time. But there were some young Nats who said, no, this is wrong. Our, our party, our government is, is wrong, you know. And, and you need that sort of thing. You need the people standing up for that, you know. Um, but it's the same principle in, about South Africa and, and about the war in Vietnam, Iraq, um, all that sort of thing, um, how Tangata Whenua are treated in New Zealand. It's, it's, it, it's the same principle. It's justice, it's fairness, you know. Um, kids who, who don't have um, enough money for food in schools and things, you know, all of that stuff. It's very, very simple, very simple. You know that, Mariah. <laughs>